Hey, it's Caitlin. Hey, it's Abigail. Welcome Welcome to to The Gutsy Gutsy Truth. We believe that change is easier when you are not alone. Through practical advice, personal stories, and expert insights, we offer strategies, empowerment, and a supportive community for you to turn to for guidance and motivation on your journey to living your best life. Let's dive in. Courtney Lynch has found success by living her life as a leader. She served nine years as a Marine Corps officer, managed a top-notch sales team for Rational Software, earned her law degree at William & Mary, and practiced at one of the nation's leading law firms. In addition, she created LeadStar, a premier leadership development consulting firm that works globally with leading organizations. She has also served as an elected official and recently spent time in the UK, during which she served as the chief operating officer of a rapidly scaling technology company. Her company, LeadStar, founded in 2004, is proud of its commitment to providing relevant and inspiring ways to grow and develop leaders. They've created meaningful partnerships with their clients to deliver high-quality leadership and strategy development solutions. They've worked with numerous clients of a variety of industries, including FedEx, Facebook, Walmart, Google, National Geographic, and many other esteemed organizations. Caitlin and I are so excited to have today's guest, Courtney Lynch, is here, and she has a really cool story and a really incredible business, and so we are so excited to chat with her because we think she's going to give you all some great insight on some personal development, so we're kind of getting a little bit away from the true health and wellness, but more like um, person, like I said, personal development, maybe some leadership and some confidence building and that kind of stuff, so Courtney, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's so great to be here, Abigail. I'm so excited to be with you and Caitlin and to just uh, hopefully hopefully add value to your many awesome listeners as well. Yay, perfect. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself and your company and how, to, how you got started. Sure, yeah. So I'll try to give you the abridged version of the story <laughs> yeah. and then feel free to ask any additional questions as you'd like. I think the biggest thing for people to know about me is that I am a leadership geek. I think about how we can grow and develop as leaders all the time. It's my passion, uh, helping others develop as leaders, supporting the success of others. That's that's what I live for. And my company is a company called LeadStar, and we work with, I'll be candid, the who's who of multinational corporations and some of the best nonprofits And then organizations you haven't heard of, but they're equally impressive doing great things. So we get to work with the best clients, helping to to grow leaders on their teams and to help them achieve successful results. But my backstory, I think the thing that people often find most interesting is that I am not someone who was born a perfect leader. I am proof positive that leaders can be made. We aren't just born with this special skill set. I learned to lead as a United States Marine Corps officer, uh, and that was a, a non-traditional career choice. Out of about 180,000 Marines serving at any given time, only about 1,000 are female officers like I was. So it was a great experience, a great gut check uh, for folks on the gutsy truth, yeah. and an opportunity for me to really understand the value of leading people and how to do that. And since then, I've built the company. Uh, I'm also a lawyer. I don't usually share that because then people stop listening and all the lawyer <laughs> jokes begin. I'm a mom of three amazing kids, so I fill a variety of different roles. And I just celebrated my 20th wedding anniversary. So oh, working hard at marriage every day, too. So I, I like to think we all lead in multidimensional ways. And, and that's just a bit of my backstory. That's so cool. Um, yeah, I don't like. I I think I knew you were in the Marine Corps, but I don't think I like really realized like you those numbers you said. There's only a thousand roughly females. So kudos to you. Yeah, talk for, about being gutsy. Yeah, being gutsy <laughs> <laughs> and women empowerment. Love that. Um, so what led you from being in the Marine Corps? You said you were not like you know you said you were truly a product of what you teach as far as learning how to be a leader. So kind of walk us through that transition of. Marine Corps to where you are today with LeadStar? Sure, yeah. I think um, what's amazing about the Marine Corps is that they, you know, we can think of Hollywood's definition and, you know, are you going to be brainwashed or the stereotypes? But what I found is that the Marine Corps experience allowed you to get really in touch with who you were and their goal was to make you 
the strongest version of yourself, right? So leading other people when you're working to influence outcomes and inspire others, you have to be authentic. And so, yes, there's uniformity for lots of different reasons with infantry operations, but not with leadership. You really had to be yourself. And that was actually the first experience I had about the value of diversity. So being a minority in the officer ranks, going back to that, only 1,000 out of 180,000 are female Marine Corps officers. I was actually shocked uh, at how much my voice was appreciated because I offered a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And the Marine Corps teaches you how to problem solve. They teach you how to take care of yourself. And more importantly, they teach you how to take care of and lead others. And I think all your listeners have many opportunities to influence and inspire other people in their lives. And that's what really led me to the work that I did post-Marine Corps. Uh, the Marine Corps is a young person's organization for the most part. It's up or out. And I had such an amazing experience traveling the world and leading troops uh, all across the globe that I was ready for different things. I went on to law school, courtesy of American taxpayers. The GI Bill is an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. So I had that great experience. And then I went to work in the tech industry for a while, uh, working at an amazing software company called Rational that was eventually bought by IBM. And while I was there working in the software side of things and, and just understanding tech, I started to realize that, you know, I think I just thought that anybody, whether you were maybe you were in banking or maybe you were in marketing or maybe you were in sales, whatever you might be doing in those early career experiences, I was thinking you must have gotten some sort of like leadership program or some sort of development experience. And I started to realize that that actually wasn't the case. It's, mm -hmm. it's really undertaught in the private sector. I think leadership skills and, and maybe nuts and bolts financial literacy skills are, are undertaught in our American culture. And so my colleague and, and the, the person I founded Leadstar with, Angie Morgan, and I, we realized, hey, there's a lane to teach people really practical. This will impact how you fill the roles of responsibility in your life and how you can be better consistently that type of impactful development. We wanted to, to offer people that guidance. And so we began the company. It's now been 19 years. So 19 years ago, really, yes, women Marine Corps leaders. And we had this unique experience and how do we share it? And then the company has evolved into just research and best practices and true life experiences. We've worked with clients from Facebook to Walmart, to FedEx, to Google, um, and the list goes on and on. And so that's the powerful part of our work today. Yes, military roots and, and those cool experiences in the early stages of our career. But I think what makes us most valuable is that we've seen so many leaders face so many crossroads moments or dilemmas or challenges where they really had to demonstrate credibility or accountability or service or emotional resolve, whatever it might be to lead and, and prevail. And so I think that we work to bring that value to each leader that we work with. Oh, that's awesome. I yeah. just like love all this. And it, you're right. It's so needed. I think it's easy to assume that like, oh, I was I was taught X, Y, and Z. So obviously everyone else knows this as well. Like, especially when it comes to leadership and especially when, it, when you're working for businesses and you're, you know, you're, you look to the leader and they and think, oh, they obviously like had training to get this role. And that's not necessarily the case, but it's so yeah. essential um, that it's people- It's undertaught. It, it is. And we yeah. spend thousands of hours on academics and technical skills, and that's great. We shouldn't stop doing that. Mm -hmm. And we just need to spend a tiny bit of time relative to all those hours on leadership skills. And then we unlock even more capacity. Right. Yeah. We, we need to take care of our people and, you know, help them understand the why of why we're here working for this business, like how they fit into that. Like all of that is like, to me, it's like the, the, the basics, right. <laughs> of like what you should be doing. Like after that, like the work should be easy to do, but you got to cover those, those basics of like why we're here and what you need to do to set up your team for success. So I just love that you're, you're doing this and you're equipping leaders with the, the tools and resources to thrive because yeah, we, we definitely need this in the world. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And I think, too, a common misconception, especially in our American culture, but I see it in other cultures I work in, is that leadership really is about power or prestige or mm. notoriety or a fancy job title. And and we really try to move people away from those societal definitions and, and instead think about leadership in a very personal, individual way. Mm -hmm. How effective are you at influencing outcomes? and inspiring others, right? So we distill everything down to those two skill sets. How well do you influence outcomes 
and inspire others. And so whether you're a senior manager or a frontline contributor or somewhere in between, it's really about how are you showing up. And when you do have the title and the power, because there's nothing wrong with those aspects of our lives, I, your, your ability to influence and inspire is, is even perhaps more important. And so how do we start to develop that? And again, thinking about other roles, not just at work, right? Our, our roles as caretakers to ourselves, right? Thinking of all the great health, education, and information you provide your listeners for self-care. Um, and then thinking of our caretaking responsibilities to others as parents or friends or children, whatever those roles might be that matter to us. I think we all recognize we have to influence outcomes and inspire others to be successful in anything we want to do day to day. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, influence, influence outcomes and inspire others. Yeah. Those are kind of your two main things. I love that. I just love those words. <laughs> They're, like you can't, cause when you break it down to that, you definitely remove the the corporate America kind of viewpoint on leadership, right? Like you said, the title, the power, the, all of that. And you just, or, you know, the fancy corner office with the window or whatever. <laughs> you think of it like, yeah, you can you can literally be a leader in anything you do, whether that's with your group of friends, like you said, you're with your family and anything in between. And so I think that is a really good mindset to have, like going into life in general, that it's, you're just trying to help. And that's what Caitlin and I talk about all the time with like with us and our mission of the gutsy truth. If we can just help one person live a better life, like we've done our job of what we want to accomplish with this podcast. And so I think if you kind of put life into that framework, it gives you almost a like immediately I feel way more positive about the world <laughs> when I think it in that framework than just climbing the ladder or getting to that promotion or having that title or, you know, that kind of thing. So it's not so much as a a cutthroat competition, just let's make everyone, you know, like rising tides, let's make the whole world better together. A hundred percent. I love hearing you say the whole world better together, right? Because that's, I mean, we are super altruistic and some people might say we're ridiculously idealistic at Leadstar, but I don't care. I'll take the criticism. <laughs> better leaders, better world, right? Yeah. When people understand, you know, the how-tos of leadership, like how do we demonstrate credible performance? How do we show up accountable? How do we have a sense of service to others? Mm -hmm. How do we develop and project confidence, right? All these aspects of leadership that allow us to influence and inspire the world just gets better, right? Like there is zero downside to developing leaders. Like, and that, that is an amazingly cool thing about the work I do. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean it's not challenging and leaders don't face real world difficulty. Of course that happens. Yet there is zero downside to growing your ability to influence and inspire. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. So, what do you see? Or if as any of your listeners think of the downside, I want to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like years trying to think about like what is the downside to this? Right. right. <laughs> yeah. a better leader, like I, I make the world better. Like okay, like okay, there's got to be another side, but there really isn't there, another no. side. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I'd love to hear what do you what do you see as a the biggest challenge for leaders today. I think I can sum it up in one word. It's, it's pace. Mm. There's just so much. There's so much out there in the world commanding, demanding our attention. Uh, and I think, especially as people gain education, as they gain experience, they also gain opportunity. And there's just so much coming at them. And I think for us as social creatures, as human beings, it's often easier for us to say yes to things rather than to have boundaries and to say no, right? Like no itself is a gutsy move. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of get in this position of just this undisciplined pursuit of more with, um, without recognizing that. And that leads to some pace and some overload challenges. Mm. Oh, that's so true because you feel like, I feel like I've heard the example a million times on different podcasts and stuff. It's like, just because, um, you're good at your job. So say like you're a nurse, right. And you're really good nurse doesn't mean you may either a want to be like lead nurse in charge of a whole department of nurses or doesn't, or B doesn't mean that you would be good at leading them just. And so I feel like that's how so many jobs work is like, oh, you're really excellent at doing your actual job. Now, let me put you in this leadership position. Like you said, no one gets the training um, that they need. I've, I've been in that role myself where I feel like I got no leadership training. My husband's going through that right now. He was recently promoted to lieutenant at the fire department. And so he's seeking out his own leadership guidance because he's like, he's not receiving it from anybody. And it's just like, yeah, I'm good. And he's nat he's naturally is really good at like being real 
um, what's similar word I'm looking for, like, um, approachable and relatable and stuff. Yeah. Like he's got, he's like inherently oriented towards people skills, right? Yes, he's got yeah, like a exactly. approachable demeanor, yeah. people value and trust him. Yeah. But I remember we had this conversation a few months ago and he's just like, yeah, he's like, there's so much about a leader that he's like, I know it's just become a lot of it's just experience, like dealing with different situations, but he just like dove into all these leadership books and stuff. Cause he's just like, I'm getting it from nothing else. So yeah, I think that's just like, and then you say the pace, like you, everyone's like, yes, yes, yes. Because they're seeking the promotion, the pay raise, the title, the, all the things. And yeah, then all of a sudden you look back and you're way in over your head <laughs> and you have no idea what to do. <laughs> so I, I a hundred percent agree. Pace is Oh, it's a tough one. Yeah. And it's like we crave security. We crave stability. And mm-hmm. sometimes we think the path to that is doing more. Right. And I often work with leaders, especially when I'm working with them one-on-one through leadership coaching around, you know, what does less better look like in your life, right? Because our credibility is the foundation of our ability to influence and inspire, right? And and I write books on leadership and uh, readers are always being in touch with us about our books. And one of the concepts, you know, just very simple, we talk about in our book Spark is the say-do gap. And that is, you know, how how wide is that space between what we say and what we do? And it's really, we think oftentimes credibility is won and lost in those heroic moments, right? Like your friend has something tragic happen and you show up and you're with them for two or three days and making meals and helping them with life and doing all these things. And that is amazing. And you should definitely do that. Yet really credibility is the tiniest things. Like when we tell our partner, Hey, I'm going to be home at six o'clock for dinner. And then it's six 40 and you're still not there. Mm -hmm. Your say do gap pretty broad, you lose credibility. And that can happen to us in workplace situations as well, right? Mm. And so when leaders get so overwhelmed, their standards start to slip. And then they're not as trusted when it comes to influencing outcomes. And folks aren't necessarily looking to them for inspiration because they're not able to to meet and exceed the standards themselves, right? So mm. it's it's all interconnected. I just started with pace um, in the sense of I do see it as as a big barrier to leaders being as credible as they need to be to to lead well. Yeah, I, and there's so much to balance when it comes to, to to leadership as as far as like how do you how do you pour into your team? How do you you know hit your goals financially? How do you you know deal with the crazy changes in marketing on a regular basis? There's there's so many things to juggle. Um, so I definitely understand just like yeah how to how to balance it all, how to create, you know, good boundaries and all that as well. So yeah, that's really. Yeah. And how are you realistic about how much time you really had, right? One of the most favorite projects in Abigail, you're talking about your husband as a firefighter, right? And Mm -hmm. that's awesome. His promotion. I once worked with a group of fire captains who just, they weren't meeting the mark Mm -hmm. and we looked at their days and I think this is true for any professional, whether you're a first responder or not, but recognizing like what percent of your day really is needed for emergent activities, right? And obviously those in the fire service, that can be a big percentage of their day and their structure in their fire department, they were putting a lot of admin on these leaders. Mm -hmm. And so we realized that, you know, they had about 60% of their day with admin, but yet 75% of their day was emergent. So it didn't add up, right? And so how do we right size the administrative responsibilities so they could actually have the space as needed to supervise on calls and to be out in the community. Now, they were seniors, so they didn't always have to be riding in the front seat of the truck, but they did need to have that space to be present for their people. Mm -hmm. And let's put it in someone who works in an office, right? If you're in a situation or maybe you work from home where, you know, good 50% of your day is Zoom meetings and calls and interactions, and that's what it needs to be to do your work successfully, you have to plan for that because you don't have eight or nine hours to quietly sit at the desk and work on communications or work on projects. And so sometimes just nuts and bolts time management of like how much of your day is already taken and how do you start to right size your expectations for productivity so when you make commitments, you're able to honor them and, and keep your credibility as intact as possible. Oh, I love that so much. Kayla and I talk about that all the time. And like, I remember the first, like months ago when I really, and when I was still working in a normal nine to five, I was still like, or I started shifting as like, okay, I have to like block out quiet time for myself to actually like do the work, right? That's not a meeting, not a phone call, not a whatever. And 
you know, so someone would email me like, Hey, can we meet? And I was like, yeah, here's my availability. It'd be like two weeks from that date. And they'd be like, are you kidding me? That's the first available time you have. I'm like, that's it. And I remember once or twice I got some pushback and you know, they were, you know, obviously there's some things you kind of have to gauge. Like if it's really that important, you might have to bump some things, but if it's just like a basic meeting, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's my availability is two weeks. I remember getting that pushback and my initial reaction was, Oh, I'm going to change and accommodate them. And then I thought, no, I'm not because then I'm going to be behind on my stuff that I know I have to get done by a certain date. And so I just love that you talked about that time perspective and really looking at like the reality of that, because I feel like so many people don't realize the reality of how much time they can actually get something done or what they need to do. Yeah, no, definitely. We tend to overestimate our capacity and underestimate the time it takes to do what we need to do. Again, credibly, we want to be high performing professionals, right? This Mm -hmm. guidance is so we can be strong and be better and show up well for the people in our lives. Yeah, I love that. Hi, friends. I just want to take a quick moment and thank today's sponsor, Flash Marketing Solutions. Flash Marketing Solutions provides full-service website and marketing solutions. They focus on your website so you can focus on your core business. I'll be honest with you, friends. When we first started The Gutsy Truth, the idea of building a website sounded super fun, but quickly became a daunting task. But thanks to Flash Marketing Solutions, they got our website built, freeing up hours of our time to focus on the podcast. If you're ready to be gutsy and need a website for your business or blog or whatever you're hoping to do, we recommend Flash Marketing Solutions. Visit flashmarketingsolutions.com slash gutsy for more information. That's flashmarketingsolutions.com slash gutsy. And right now, all new website clients get the first year of hosting for free. Thank you so much, Flash Marketing Solutions. If you are enjoying the podcast and want to support our mission to empower and inspire people everywhere, we would love for you to consider becoming a Patreon member. By supporting us on Patreon, you are helping us to continue to create valuable content and build a supportive community for listeners like you who are choosing to live a gutsy life. Visit thegutsytruth.com slash support to learn more. So Courtney, you mentioned some of your books, which Abigail and I have here um, (laughs) because they're awesome. Um, But your most recent one is Bet On You, right? Yes, that's okay. correct. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. You. So there's so much incredible information in this book. So I'm going to encourage everyone listening to go check them out because yes. you don't want to miss them. But I want to talk to you a little bit about, so we're talking about leadership and, and, and whatnot, but also like how does that apply to your whole concept of betting on you? Like what does that mean? Yeah, I love that you asked that. And the subtitle of the book is How Leaders Win with Risk. And I was mentioning earlier, I think, you know, one of our values that we, one of the the valuable aspects of our work at LeadStar is that we get to work with so many amazing leaders, right? I, I get to learn from just so many talented professionals and I love this aspect of my work. I'm always getting that kind of inside view of what makes someone effective in their role as a leader or in their role as a professional. And one thing we started to notice is that if we looked at the most successful leaders that we worked with, right? And I'm going to say I stole some societal definitions, right? Maybe they were high earners or maybe they were really highly productive, but they seemed calm and sane and positive about their work, right? I think that's where we all aspire to be. And so those are some of the things that we would look for and say, hmm, this person, they're doing really well. And certainly we'd see leaders that were stumbling and all of us can relate. We've all been the leader who's been stumbling before, Yet we were really trying to understand, like, what is it that makes some folks just a bit different and a bit more capable of reaching new levels of betterment for themselves and the teams and the organizations they're a part of? And that's where we started to recognize risk as a missing ingredient, right? We are often taught in our lives to to mitigate risk or to minimize risk or to avoid risk. And these very leaders, I mean, even Abigail, you telling that story of like, hey, I can meet with you in two weeks, but I can't meet with you today right now. There's risk in that. Mm -hmm. And so it can be simple risks we take on a daily basis, or it can be the bigger risks. Hey, I, I really want to move into a different profession. I want to apply for that promotion that's two levels up, yet I'm not sure if I'm going to get picked or I want to go live in a foreign country and I need to get a visa, right? There's all these different areas of our life where we seek something different or we seek something a little outside of our comfort zone. 
And it's our ability to embrace risk that allows us to step in that direction of our heart. And I think a lot of times the directions of our heart are actually leading us to our highest point of contribution. And so how do we help people really understand risk and recognize whether they're adverse to it or whether they're very open to it, some practical steps for for winning when risk is entering into the equation of how you want to spend your days and your months or how you need to to accomplish what matters to you. And so it was just an area where we saw a lot of differentiation and we wanted to write a book on it if the evidence was there, right? And the first thing we do when we're researching and thinking about writing a book is we reach out to our colleagues in academia and we ask, like, are there studies or is there data? Is there hard science on this topic? And when we did those initial queries in writing Bet on You, we got so much feedback. Yes, look at this paper. Look at this. Look at this white paper. Look at this body of research, especially a lot around moms and how moms show up with their young children can set someone's risk tolerance or risk preference on a trajectory for most of their lives unless they're intentionally trying to adjust it, right? So we realize there's a lot of research and this topic isn't written about as much um, in the context of leading well. And so we wanted to to bring that book to life. And, and then we looked at our own lives and some of the most, I would say most of the most rewarding experiences in my career, the precursor was risk and stepping into the unknown and, and developing some comfort with ambiguity. Yeah. That's that's a lot of what we talk about with, yeah. with being gutsy is taking those risks, be okay with being uncomfortable, all of that. So I'd love to hear what 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 do we miss out on when we don't bet on ourselves? We miss out on serving the world, right? We miss out on fully reaching our potential. We miss out on developing the capability, right? Like let's say someone's gone to college and they have this amazing education or they've had a life of experiences that adds up to lots of practical wisdom or maybe they have both. If they're not willing to take a risk, they're probably going to be really limited in how that wisdom and experience and education is actually applied in the world, not only for the betterment of them meeting their goals, but them adding value to others. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> you have like so many perfect one-line nuggets here that I can't wait to re-listen to this and pull those quotes out and use them for life. Um, yeah. So t- talk to us about like when you were doing your research for Bet on You, um, sure. the, the, the part about mothers was really um, struck my interest. But in general, like what was something like, did you find that most people were risk adverse or comfortable with risk? Like what was the research showing? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think that there's kind of a promotion prevention mindset, right? And I think a lot of us know about like growth mindset. Have you guys ever heard of growth mindset? Yeah, absolutely. Carol Dweck's work, right? It's awesome. She's made it famous and it's so helpful to think about fixed mindset and growth mindset. And similar, I'd love to start making promotion and prevention mindsets just as popular because like growth and fixed, we have the ability to transcend them and to start to be more intentional. Like we might be more naturally oriented towards one or the other, but the more we know, the more we can make choices about how we're thinking and how we're showing up. And so I I think it's pretty even, right? Um, Some folks just have that natural prevention state where they're a bit more risk adverse and they're trying to prevent problems and they seek safety. And then the other half of the population has more of a promotion mindset, like what do I need to do to be successful here? Mm -hmm. Um, How do I take action in ways that are going to solve a problem or accomplish a goal? The key, though, is that we're well-versed in both mindsets because all of us need safety, right? And I think that's one of the important parts of our book. We're talking about how to win with risk. So we want to address a safety net and we want to address how do you actually build that strong foundation so that you do mitigate some of the impact of mistakes because we're all going to make mistakes. I've made a million mistakes on my pathways to working to be successful and working to contribute. So I think the key is really more about awareness and recognizing that you can change and evolve. Going back to the mother aspect of things, mothers have a really strong impact, especially with children three and under. How they, like if they see a spider, do they freak out? Or if their child's playing on the playground and maybe climbing on some age-appropriate or not age-appropriate playground equipment, how do they hover and how do they show fear and nerves? 
all of those aspects imprint on a young person and give them a, a, an initial risk preference or risk, risk acceptance level. Now, the interesting thing is some people just accept that, like they grow up afraid or they grow up in that deep into prevention mindset because of things that might have been modeled um, in their childhood, and they don't question it or seek to grow beyond it. Yet I think what I see happens is leaders get into positions of authority or they get further along in their success journey, and risk is going to become more and more of a factor. Uh, for them to go to the next level and, and to improve. And so they have to look at, well, how do I show up and why do I show up this way? And is it consistent with where I want to be? Because that's the really cool takeaway from all the research that we did ahead of the book was that it's it's learned behavior, which means it can be changed mm-hmm. or unlearned or redirected. And so much of leadership, right? Our book Spark is about behavior-based leadership. What are the core behaviors, credibility, accountability, a sense of service, things we've been talking about that allow you to influence and inspire? And it's very interesting to see what allows you to win with risk or recognizing kind of the why behind why you're behaving in certain ways. And is it what you want? And how do you move towards changing it and living in ways that matter most to you? Mm-hmm. And I think that's so hopeful, right? Like mm-hmm. it, 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 there's, you are able to grow, you're able to change, you're able to um, move past of how you've operated before. And I think that's just a really good reminder is just because you've operated one way for so long and you've been risk averse doesn't mean you can't start taking the steps to change that to, to really see a lot of growth and do the things that you say you want to do, but you haven't put in the work to actually do. And what I love you, what you talked about too, is that safety net. Like I feel like when it comes to taking risks, it can be so easy just to think of it as like a black and white situation. Like either I do it or I don't. And like, if I do it, then I'm, you know, like there's so much that I'm going to to potentially lose as opposed to like what you talk about in the book is like you you build that foundation so when you take the risk you're not necessarily going to fall a hundred feet maybe you only fall 10 feet or whatever you know like you're you're setting yourself up for success to make risk easier to do and I think that is just really helpful um to again be okay with the unknown the ambiguity like all of that Yeah, we wanted to help readers get risk ready, right? And in a way that was evidence-based and step-by-step, and then also in a way that was consistent with what we see from our vantage point of coaching literally thousands of leaders through the years, what's worked, right? And so we, we wanted people to... Um, do again what matters to them. And if you're someone that is maybe very risk adverse and that's working for you, we don't want you to change, right? We wanted the book to be personal to you. But I tend to think that folks are looking at bet on you and they're reading bet on you because they are wanting something different or Mm -hmm. they're wanting something more or they're wanting to step into something that feels a little unknown or a little uncomfortable. And so with risk ready and, and even the safety net, we talk about certainly some of the obvious, like I think people think about money and finances when they're making big choices and that's important. And we can think of ways we can prepare financially to be risk ready. But we also talked about two categories that don't get a lot of attention when it comes to your safety net. One is your development of your own talent, right? We, we tend to think, oh, my company will give me training or I went to school, so I'm good. Yet your talent is really your safety net. It's what keeps you employed or it's what makes you successful if you're doing entrepreneurial activities. So how are you personally owning, developing your talent? And then the other area that we talk about for a strong safety net, right, is judgment. How are you continuing to improve your decision making? And that means that you're recognizing where you've made poor choices and you're you're calling it out and not calling it out to beat yourself up, but to recognize, oh, I've grown a bit. That seemed like a good choice, but I've seen the consequences of that poor decision. And the same for our great decisions, right? Like, hey, this worked out really well in my life. What was I doing a couple of years ago? How did I set myself up for this opportunity? I definitely made some good choices and I want to replicate those in the future. So we, we advocate for a three-pronged approach, right? Talent development, talent is your true safety and security, um, the judgment improvement, and then certainly, yes, the financial front as well is important. Uh, but we wanted to, in that book, allow people to kind of look beyond some of the more obvious um, and, and give people some of the nuanced best practices that we see leaders who are prevailing with risk at demonstrating consistently. That's so, I never would have thought about 
talent and judgment in that manner. And that is that that's very enlightening. Now I'm just like replaying my life in my head based off those two things. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's so like, you're so right. Cause you know, if you're, say you have a marketing job and you're wanting to, you know, get a promotion, I mean, you're trying to pull the, pull out the best stops, right? Do the best campaigns, do your best social, do your best PR calm stuff and all the, all the things. But if you've never kept up with the, even just the latest social media, what's going on and trends and, you know, cause now threads is a thing. So, <laughs> and like what's happening in that world, then yeah, you're right. I mean, if you think of it in that and those skills, or like if you're a doctor, you've got to, you've got to keep up your skills. I mean, they have continuing education credits and recertifications and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, there are certain jobs that require you to do it. So why not do it for anything that you do, right? You said that's so smart. Um, I never yeah, thought of it. I love it that you're saying anything that you do, right? Like yeah. think about like even managing your household finances or yeah. how you take care of your pet or how you serve and support your grandmother as she moves to assisted living. Like whatever it is, yeah. we're called on to do all these different things in life and just a little bit of development of, you know, how am I going to do this better or how can I do this best? it can go so far for us and then we get experience and that just adds to our talent as well. Yeah. So how, how can we build the confidence to be better leaders, to take risks and to, to continue to choose to bet on ourselves? I love it that you asked the question about confidence because this is a subject I'm absolutely passionate about and there's a lot of fascinating research. Um, I haven't read it all, but man, when anyone gives me anything about confidence, I'm devouring it because my clients are asking for it all the time and how do I help them and support their success in building strong confidence? And a couple of things I'll point out that are notable. One is recognizing that confidence is internal. Um, and certainly when we develop it internally, we can project it outward and it has a tremendous benefit to us being able to influence outcomes and inspire others. People follow confident people, yet it begins inside. And, and a couple key things, and I'll try to point out some nuances. One, how do you experience your success? And notice I'm not saying, are you achieving success or what are your best accomplishments? It's more personal and individual than that. When you sometimes, you know, even it's making it through a, a difficult Tuesday or a meeting that you were really afraid of or some t conflict-ridden family discussion you had to have, how are you actually appreciating what you did to get through that or to prevail? Um, recognizing within yourself, it's not telling everybody how great you are. It's just really deeply understanding, hey, that wasn't happenstance. I, I've been successful and, and here's why. And it's a conversation within yourself. I think the other is um, who do you allow, who do you allow to influence your very precious opinion of yourself? And I think there'll be some people that say, I don't let anyone experience, you know, influence my opinion of myself. And then that's probably borderline arrogance, right? We need those people in our lives that will tell us not necessarily what we want to hear, but we need to hear Yet I often see the opposite. I see folks, kind of everyone, how they perceive someone perceiving them, kind of like the double negative, it's not really helpful to us, will make their confidence volatile and up and down and absent when they need it the most if they're basing their perception of themselves on what they perceive others think of them. So we have to be really cautious of who we allow to influence our very valuable opinion of ourselves. I think recognizing, too, that confidence it's not a skill, it's an emotion. And when we recognize that it's an emotion, we also get an appreciation for the volatility. And so some of these tips I'm talking about help you keep it consistent, right? Like we don't need to be consistently happy and up all the time, right? Like there's a lot of momentum around toxic positivity being written about right now. Yet with confidence, we just want to keep a consistency, just like we want to make sure most of our days have opportunities for joy, even though we know we'll have some sad days. And with confidence, we want to seek consistency. And I think recognizing it's an emotion allows us to see why other emotions can kill it in an instant, right? Emotions like fear. What's fear? It can often be paralyzing. It's kind of looking at the future and being afraid of what's coming where do you go when you feel fear with relation to confidence? How do you start to bring courage? Now, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's acknowledging your fear, and then it's stepping forward in the face of them, 
right? And the difference is action. Um, worry is another one as well, too, right? There's some folks out there that you could qualify instantly for the worrying Olympics, right? And you could take <laughs> yeah. on people from populated nations like India or China and still know you'd win, right? There's a lot of worrying that happens. But the same thing, worrying is often no action, how do we start to turn our worries to concerns, not just differences? It's scanning that horizon. What are the pink flags that could turn to red flags? How do I proactively start to resolve them? Um, money is a great example, right? Maybe you just had a great trip and you spent a lot of money. I just came back from vacation, right? <laughs> I can think about how do I tighten down the budget? How do I prepare? How do I make sure so that I don't continue to spend at the level I might have on vacation, right? Again, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just checking the budget, keeping things in balance. And so I think that's key with the confidence is recognizing that a lot of times the rumination and the worry and the fear is because we're not being proactive and we're not stepping forward in the face. You always, of course, want to acknowledge there's nothing wrong with being scared. There's nothing wrong with being worried. The key is, do you stay there or do you start moving towards action? And the more you're able to move towards action, the more you build confidence because you're building experience and you're building resilience and you're building that track record of success so you can start to experience your success even more and more authentically internally. Yeah, I just love this. And I, I love everything that you're saying, especially because like you talked about, like sometimes, like we sometimes will seek others to take on our responsibility to develop us as, as leaders, right? (laughs) Like we look for others to like help us, um, give us the opportunities for growth, right? Or we look for others to get valid validation for confidence. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like you need to get that from within you first and you have what it takes to do it. You just need to change that narrative in your head and take time to reflect and realize that you've got to bet on yourself because at the end of the day, you've got control out of, you got control to how you're, you're taking action in life, um, how you're perceiving the world, like how you're finding joy, how you're showing up as a leader. Like you have, you have the ability to make those changes. You can't control all those external factors and you can't just rely on other people to like pour into you. And so I think that's just a part of being gutsy and advocating for yourself, um, is, is betting on yourself. And that's why we wanted to have you on the podcast. This is such good information. Oh. Uh, so, so well said, Caitlin, on so many levels. And I love it that we talked about leadership all this time. And now we're just talking about control and you isolated it out perfectly, right? <laughs> There's so much in life that's out of our control. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like with other people, the highest order is influence. That's why I talk about leadership, not you command, compel, or dictate. That's a joke, right? right. We can only work to influence and inspire others but we can control our own actions and we have to believe in that because that's what gets us to better. That's what gets us to contributing and serving others. And that's what builds our strength as a leader to be gutsy. Mm -hmm. Our, Our thoughts become our beliefs, our beliefs become our behaviors and our behaviors lead to results. And we can change any part of that four part equation, right? Shift our thinking um, question our beliefs a little bit. Are their behaviors really contributing to the results we want? And that's all within us. And yes, I rarely meet a leader. In fact, I'm trying to think of one I've met that didn't have the inherent capability to live the life they envision. Yet I meet many leaders that are hesitant to take risks or haven't had a chance to build confidence or don't recognize where they need to be accountable, where they need to seek to take responsibility before they begin to place blame, right? Where they need to grow as a leader. But once you start growing as a leader, gutsy becomes more and more possible. Mm. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's so good. And like everything you just talked about confidence to, to me, what resonated a lot was that it's not, like I think a lot of people think of confidence as um, like you're just, it's like coming off of you all the time in huge quantities. Like you, they, your presence is just so confident. But I love that you talk about it. it's just a con- you need to be consistent, right? Like you're not j- super full of joy every single day of your life. There's hard days, there's sad days, there's mediocre days. And so I think, I mean, even for me, that was such a good reminder because um, yeah, I, I personally struggle with having confidence in myself. I have for a few years and I didn't years ago in college, I was beyond confident in myself. Um, and so it's just life has changed. And so that's such a good reminder. It's like 
what's the the consistent average, right? So you might have one day you're just on top of the world and one day you're like halfway up the mountain and that's okay. And one day you're at base camp and that's totally fine too. And then you just learn how to go up and down because there's beauty in every level as well going through those different ranges. So yeah, I just love that, that reminder too and that analogy. Uh, definitely spot on beauty in every level, right? I've learned more lessons in my valley moments in life mm-hmm. than those fleeting mountaintop moments, right? So yeah. a lot of times those low times are just the best learning seasons. And yeah. then we apply those lessons and we leave those low times behind. Yeah. Yet you're you're spot on and confidence again, thinking about it as as internal. It does mm-hmm. come from within. And how do we start to to really support ourselves. And Caitlin, you talked too about narratives, right? The words we tell ourselves, mm-hmm. what's the soundtrack in your mind? Is mm-hmm. the soundtrack a detraction? Is the soundtrack negative? The world's going to have a lot of challenge for you. There's a lot of hardship we all face in our day-to-day lives. How do we stay on our own side? And it doesn't mean stay on our own side in a false way or a false sense of positivity. It's just more really, truly wow, that was a tough Tuesday and I yeah. made it. Yeah. Whew, I, I, I do have what it takes and I hope Wednesday's better, right? Just yeah. something as simple as that can actually be a seed that helps our confidence grow. Yeah, for sure. So what would be some advice that you could give our listeners today that are wanting to be a better leader, whether that's at work, at home, whatever it is, or are wanting to take a, that step to bet on themselves? I would say just commit to growth, right? And it might be 30 minutes a week or five minutes a day, whatever works for you. Again, we spend thousands of hours going to school and building our technical skills. And that's great. We shouldn't stop doing that. But can we spend a fraction of that time understanding leadership? Because leadership is relevant to not only leveraging all those inherent experiences and academic experiences and things we've learned, but it, it brings helps us bring out who we really are and, and bring all of that to bear on what matters to us in our lives. So I would say read an article on leadership, grab a leadership book, listen to a leadership book, and you don't have to overdo it, just a little bit here, a little bit there, and then you'll start to realize what speaks to you. You'll start to understand your own gaps, your own strengths. I think self-awareness is the fastest way to develop as a leader. And then you'll just, you'll be on the journey and you'll start calibrating and stepping towards more and more leadership topics that are relevant and interest to you. I think though, the key thing is to really recognize it's a differentiator skill set and it is undertaught. And the more you understand it, it just gives you better opportunities to add value and better opportunities for success for yourself. Definitely. Perfect. So good. Perfectly said. I love it. Um, so we try to ask all of our guests, um, these last two questions. So before, um, so we're going to start wrapping things up. Um, so our first question is what is something gutsy that you have done, whether that's recently or, you know, in your past, we'd love to hear that story. (laughs) It's interesting. Like, I think sometimes we choose to be gutsy and sometimes we just get in situations where we have to be gutsy. (laughs) Very true. I think I guess it's pretty gutsy that, you know, I have the girl that had never been camping and then I joined the Marine Corps. So like that was <laughs> oh either crazy or gutsy, depending on how you look at it. So that yeah. was, it started, it's probably started there. Uh, but like I wanted to have a baby. And so I was excited to start a family and then boom, I had twins, identical twins, the freak of nature type. They don't run in families. They just randomly happen. Yeah. So I was open to one thing and then I got more <laughs> than I bargained for. So that's been gutsy adventure, just trying to raise uh, my twin girls. I was overconfident because I have a young son as well. So he's a couple years younger than his sisters. Uh, but that uh, starting my company was gutsy. Choosing to like right now, I'm changing my role at my company. We're, we're really scaling and we're really growing. And I've done the same role for nearly 20 years. Um, and now I need to scale into a different role and, and lead the company differently. And it's hard. It's hard to leave behind what I've loved for so long. Yet I know that to build the company and to allow new leaders to come in, I have to grow in different ways. So it's, I think Gutsy is consistent and constant in my life. And that doesn't mean I'm also not consistently scared and nervous when I make those choices. I just work through them and work to bring my confidence and my intentions more to the forefront. 
Those Love are it. all such great examples. I yeah. know, right? <laughs> it's like life in a nutshell right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Only so much we can anticipate, right? Right. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. I like the idea of development and prepared, like we were talking about the safety net, right? Yeah. So yeah. like whatever comes our way, not that I want it to be totally random, but when it is, you're ready. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, okay. So our final question we love asking is what is something that you do that fills your bucket of life? Oh my goodness. Uh, time with family, mm-hmm. just time for myself, self-care, like exercising and working out. I just am such a better person and sleep. Oh my goodness. When I'm well rested, like those types of things are so simple, mm-hmm. but they lead to rejuvenation and they definitely fill my bucket and, and serving others, right? Like yeah. my passion really a hundred percent. I know my purpose in life is supporting the success of others. And when I get to, to live in that lane, it's just very joyful. Oh, I love it. Yes. Yeah. We, I always love this question because you never know. Some people it's like, I just love a good, you know, quiet moment and like crocheting or something. And then some people are like, I love to go skydiving. And I'm like, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you just, I say so you never know. It's a lot of fun to ask that. Um, so Courtney, no, I love it. Love all the different answers you get pretty. Oh awesome. yeah. So cool. So tell our listeners where they can learn more about you and lead star and find your books. Sure, absolutely. So I guess the best place is to stop at LeadStar's website, or you can find us on Insta, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on LinkedIn. Uh, but our website will lead you to all of that is LeadStar, L-E-A-D-S-T-A-R dot U-S, like U.S. Marines. That's yeah. why we have the dot U.S. <laughs> um, and you can learn about our three books, Leading from the Front, Spark, and Bet on You. They're also available where all books are sold, so you can find them at your usual book reseller. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I'd love for folks to reach out. They can also reach out to me personally on LinkedIn. My name is Courtney Lynch and Leadstar, and I'd love to, to be connected with your listeners. Awesome. Yes. And of course, we're going to link all that in the show notes because um, we highly recommend you go check out the books. And you've got a great newsletter um, that I've signed up for, and you've got some great tips and advice on that. It's um, weekly, right? Is it? A weekly newsletter? Yeah, we yeah. call them Monday morning leadership moments. They're yes. designed to just be read in a couple minutes and to offer a practical resource. And they have grown and grown and grown. People forward and share. Yeah. Our moments community is awesome. So anyone who would like to sign up for our newsletter, they can do so at leadstar.us. Awesome. Courtney, this has just been such an incredible conversation. And yes. we are so thankful that you joined us today because... Oh, this was just exactly what I needed to hear today. And I cannot <laughs> wait to share this with everybody. So thank you so much for all this incredible work you've been doing. Um, of course, you know that we're your biggest advocates now too. <laughs> so yeah, it's just been such an honor to have you on our podcast today. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. And right back at you, the two of you talk about leadership, your influencing outcomes and inspiring many people. So Aww. it's just a privilege to be a part of your amazing mission oriented work at the Gutsy Truth. So thank you for the privilege of being a part of your journey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Gutsy Truth. We are so thankful to have you here with us and we hope today's episode was helpful and inspiring. Until next time, we encourage you to learn more at thegutsytruth.com and we'd really appreciate it if you left a review on today's episode on your podcast streaming platform of choice. If you are enjoying the podcast and want to support our mission to empower and inspire people everywhere, we would love for you to consider becoming a Patreon member. By supporting us on Patreon, you are helping us to continue to create valuable content and build a supportive community for listeners like you who are choosing to live a gutsy life. Visit thegutsytruth.com support to learn more. And until next time, that's the gutsy truth.